It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Not so fast, Reds fans. The rumors of Cincinnati's demise and Hunter Green's for that matter may have been greatly exaggerated. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. want to thank you for joining us here and making Lockdown Reds part of your day. I encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter, or if you're watching right here on YouTube, jump down into our comments section and let us know. If you're an everydayer, let us know how you're feeling about this Cincinnati Reds team as they end a West Coast road trip five and five. We are going to dive into all of that when it comes to the win in San Francisco, how the bats looked, how the arms looked, and some opportunity for the Reds at the waiver wire uh, today, because there's actually a couple more players we did not mention on yesterday's podcast and a key omission or a key detail that we got in correct that we need to correct. Yes. Key correction that we will have later on as the Reds have an opportunity to get better with like no cost whatsoever. I mean, you know, a few bucks for ownership, but other than that, they don't have to trade anybody. They don't have to sign anybody to a contract or anything like that. Anyway, before we get into all of that, today's episode is brought to you by bunches. Download the bunches app today. And when you do our friends at bunches have featured the locked on MLB bunch in the discover tab. You can also click the link in the description down below to join the locked on MLB bunch community today and Steve where we want to start today the Reds got a win a win that they badly needed if only just to feel good for a moment the the Reds finished a 10 game road trip on the west coast at 500 five and five and they come back home one game 
out of the wild card race. It, that's huge. It's a it's a tremendous momentum builder heading into a series that I know you're going to spend some time talking about tomorrow, which is the Reds coming home to Great American yes. Ballpark to face the Cubs, who are ahead of them in the division and ahead of them in the wild card. It's a big, big deal to kind of right the ship a little bit before going into that series. And I think with all of these young players, it was a tremendous confidence booster. And look, we've been waiting for CES to have that breakout moment. We've He's shown flashes. He showed, he showed hints that he was going to be able to become one of the guys that could take over a game. And we were waiting to see if he would do it. We were waiting to see what that would look like. Well, Jeff, we've seen it. Uh, We saw it yesterday in San Francisco. Yes, it was a brilliant day for CES as he led the bats four for four. He had a home run, and and that home run was no slouch either. I want to kind of dive into that specific at bat in just a moment. But Homer, a double, two singles, missed the cycle by a triple, and he had three RBIs to boot. And this is a, this is a impressive kind of deep dive analytical stat that I got off of uh, baseball savant. And that is he swung the bat 10 times and he made contact 10 times. He had four balls in play, obviously the four hits, and then he had six foul balls. He had zero whiffs on the day. That is the kind of performance that makes you turn your head a little bit, makes you wonder is CES going to start to figure this out? Yeah, he was clearly dialed in. You you know, when that stat is good for judging the fact that he was seeing the ball well. There were no yes. whiffs. There were no swings and misses. Uh, when he went after a ball, he at least got a piece of it. And uh, that's exciting to see. Uh, for me with CES, you know, it's it's always been a question of when. Uh, you know, we've been we've been very high on him for a long time. And for him to to really lead the charge, uh, you know, it's exciting to see. And, you know, it's more than just him, obviously. Uh, we're we're going to get into in a minute. You know, there were guys setting the table for him. But you have to be encouraged by his ability to deliver with runners on base, with runners in scoring position, bringing guys in, picking up three RBIs in this. Uh, it, it's it's really a good moment for all of us collectively, mm-hmm. me, you, all the viewers, everyone to just go, ah, okay, you know what? 500 road trip, still in the hunt for the wild card. It's not as bad as we were feeling a couple days ago. And that home run, and this is really where everything felt good. Like up until that point, a three hit day, he did have one RBI at that point. He scored the, he helped bring in the Reds' second run of the day in the sixth inning. But the home run for me is just what it's kind of a little bit of heat check for you and me because we've been talking about the last couple of days we're worried about the patience of this lineup we're worried about them taking too many pitches he swung at the first pitch that he saw and absolutely destroyed it straight away center field at at, at oracle it's oracle park right it's oracle park yeah at oracle park in san francisco that's really freaking hard to do Mm-hmm. Go straight away center field. And he clobbered it, huge at bat for him on the very first pitch to hit that home run and go up two more runs because at that point the score was two to one and the Reds were coming off a very tumultuous inning. Um, uh, that you're kind of thinking, 
is this is this gonna happen are they going to finish this off is this going to be something where the bullpen blows it again and then bam couple of insurance runs makes you feel a lot better well let, let's be honest none of us were feeling comfortable with the 2-1 lead <laughs> at this point none of us were none of us felt like oh we got this uh listen but shout out to ces for listening to the show yesterday and knowing he yep. needed to be aggressive he went out there and did that here's another difference in the game jeff and that's ellie de la cruz the yes. difference that it makes in the entire lineup and how pitchers attack the rest of this lineup with Ellie being on base versus Ellie not getting on base is, is just day and night. Ellie in this game was two for five. Uh, he had a double and he scored a couple runs. That's the key. He set the table for guys like CES to bring him around. You know, you can't pick up RBIs if guys don't get on base. You can't score runs if there's not people in front of you unless you're just solo home run machines, and the Reds have not been that. So it was nice to see them get back to setting the table for the guys down in the order, and and it all paid off. Uh, CES took advantage of Ellie being on base. Ellie took advantage of being on base and and using his speed to get around and score. So uh, I I was really excited to see him have a successful day, and a two-for-five is a great day uh, considering what this lineup's been through over the last three or four games he had a couple of moments too there in the sixth inning he was on first after a single and you had spencer steer on third base and the reds did something that i think we we talk about quite a bit during the year and we're just like dude do a double steal you're probably you're probably going to mess with the catcher a little bit and we're talking about one of the most impressive defensive catchers that we've seen that i've seen that I've watched so far this season in Patrick Bailey, and they had Ellie De La Cruz steal second. And for some reason, Patrick Bailey, I think, got a little bit of an ego on himself, and he was just like, I'm going to throw out Ellie. And in the process of doing that, forgot that Spencer Steer's not slow either, and he steals home on the throw a beautiful double steal that was executed to perfection. That gave the Reds their first run. That was a great moment. But another moment for me, and this is something that I'm going to mark in my mind, Steve, August 30, wait, yeah, August 30th, 2023, the year of our Lord, 2023 against Tyler Rogers, Ellie De La Cruz, nine pitch at bat that he turned into a bloop double. This at bat was a beautiful thing for Ellie De La Cruz because Tyler Rogers is that dude that throws submarine like underhand. He's the guy that's on the mound. He's going to absolutely just confuse you if you watch his motion. Jeff Brantley said this on the broadcast the other day. He said, if you're a hitter, you have to stand into the box. You have to focus on the pitch, focus on the ball as it is released from his hand. Because if you look at anything else, your mind is going to go, huh? And Ellie did that. Ellie did an amazing job of that because the slider, the breaking ball, curveball, whatever Tyler Rogers throws, because he throws it submarine, it breaks up, up and into the lefty De La Cruz at the plate. And Ellie not only didn't did he not whiff on this, if it broke out of the zone, he watched it break out of the zone. He did not reach for it. And he then was able to work the at bat to a point where Tyler Rogers it was a full count, and Tyler Rogers had to throw a fastball. And a fastball from him goes 83 miles an hour. And Ellie worked it into this point. This is the thing that we're talking about with him. If he can get his plate discipline to the point where he can dictate what is coming to him, oh my gosh, dude, that is when we see MVP Ellie De La Cruz. And this was just a bloop. This was just a little flare, a little dink and dunk into left field. Oppo 
opposite field, by the way. And he turns it into a double with his speed. Like, it's a single for everybody else. It's a double for Ellie De La Cruz. It was a, a beautiful moment that, to me, signaled, I think Ellie's starting to figure this thing out. Yeah, and you really can't overstate the importance of having Ellie De La Cruz on base and the disruptive oh. factor that he is. And the pitchers have to pay attention to him. The catchers have to focus on him. It changes the entire dynamic of what's going on on the field when Ellie's on. And that just makes everybody else's job easier coming up behind him that's trying to hit. When you get the pitchers distracted, when they're focusing more on the runner than they are, that's when they make mistakes. And I think that's what we saw a lot today, with, or a lot yesterday with CES. They, you know, yes. they are more worried about containing Ellie, and then all of a sudden, uh, another young superstar comes and bites them. Uh, but before we get out of this segment, Jeff, I want to just spend another second talking about how great Spencer Steer has been. I think oftentimes he gets lost in all of the shuffle because he's not—he's not as flashy as Ellie. He's not—he's not Mister Blue Collar like Matt McClain. He's not the next big power hitter, at least in our mind, like we think of CES. But yet. All he does is go out there and play the infield, play the outfield, break up no hitters. He plays second. He plays third. He's stealing home. He's blooping hits. He's hitting homers. You know, he's going to finish the season with more than 20 home runs. Uh, that's clear. He, he's going to do these things. And and he's just unassuming. He, he's not loud. He's not boisterous. He's just good. And to add to all of that, he had an amazing play in the field. We, we, you know, we always hear David Bell say, well, his natural position is second base. And so with Matt McClain going down, we're thinking who's going to fill in. Well, I guess we'll move Spencer steer here because David Bell says so. And Spencer steer made this amazing. He laid out full extension diving play to stop what was a sure hit, which would have tied the game in the seventh inning with Fernando Cruz pitching and he made this beautiful diving stop and was able to flip it the first for the final out of the inning. We get out the, the giants don't score their second run, which looked like a sure thing. Like he was, he is doing everything. He's kind of like that dude behind the scenes that just keeps it all going. And I think that you're right. We don't give him enough credit for what he does for this team. And when you look at Steer, when you look at Ellie, and when you look at CES, these are three of the guys that are going to be leading the Reds. These are three of the guys that the Reds will be counting on for years to come. These are not some randos that just happen to have a good day. These are the dudes for this team. Absolutely. And this is what it looks like yesterday in San Francisco. That's what it looks like when the young guys take over and lead the Reds to a win. Uh, but listen, the position players aren't the only ones that got things done yesterday out in San Francisco. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about some solid pitching performances as well. We've got that next. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Bunches. Okay, Locked On Reds fans, I have to tell you about this new app. It is called Bunches. Bunches is built just for sports fans where you can chat about sports in real time. Head over to the Apple Store right now and download the Bunches app. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other Locked On Reds fans. Bunches is the place where sports fans chat. Plus, they have a Locked On MLB group chat there on Bunches where you can talk to sports fans from all across Major League Baseball. Uh, Locked On hosts from all the other shows are buzzing in and out of there. Jeff and I are going to be buzzing in and out of there. It's a 
great place to talk baseball. You can chat with everyone uh, across the sports. Uh, once the Reds get some of these waiver claims, you can check in with some of the other fans and find out who it is that we just got. So download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. It's going to be easy for you to find, to jump in and start the conversation right away. Uh, you can download the app over there on the Apple Store, or you can just click the link down in the description of this show. Join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today with Bunches. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Remember, if you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next show. Jeff is going to get you set for a pivotal a big series. Listen, folks, we've said this tongue-in-cheek for years now about big series in September and laugh. Ha ha ha. This is a big series. The Reds come home to great American ballpark and take on the Chicago Cubs with a whole lot on the line. This matters big time for the wild card and the Reds need to win. Jeff's going to get you set for that on the next episode of locked on Reds. All right, Jeff, we talked about the hitters and they aren't the only ones that got things done out in San Francisco to ensure a 500 West coast road trip. Uh, we talked a lot about Hunter green yesterday and as is the way uh, when we talk, maybe a little, not so nice about a guy, they tend to have a decent performance. Now, what we said was uh, we asked the question, was it time to be worried about Hunter green? And I landed in a, I'm, I'm a little bit worried and I'm going to be a whole lot worried if he didn't pitch well. I think you were kind of in the same space. Uh, but Hunter Green comes out yesterday, throws five and a third innings, only allowed three hits. Uh, the Giants scored one run. It was not earned. It was an unearned run. Hunter Green struck out six, walked one. He wasn't overpowering. It didn't look like he was pitching with maximum effort, but he got the job done. And I think for me, if I'm evaluating what that start means in the uh, are we worried about Hunter Green grand scheme of things, I think what it means for me is this start yesterday bought him another start for me not being ready to panic. And I want to see how he now comes out the next time and looks. And maybe he, in fact, is starting to pull it together. Yeah, if we were at DEFCON 2 or maybe even DEFCON 3 when it comes to LA, or when it comes to uh, Hunter Green's performances of here recently, I think we're back down to like four or five, depending on where we had it. Uh, he he looked good. And, and honestly, he could have looked better. But this is what we needed to see. And I think it proves to me, and it should prove to you, that if we just get solid Hunter Green, the Reds have a good shot of winning because he wasn't going crazy. He wasn't trying to throw 105 miles an hour on every at bat. He wasn't trying to break guys' ankles with his slider or anything crazy. He was just locating. He was putting the pitches where he wanted them, and he was getting good results. Like we said, one walk. He had five walks in his last start. He had one walk in this start. He allowed no 
earned runs. One of the runs was unearned there, uh, uh, but it was because of Ian Jabot throwing a ridiculous pickoff move that was just insane after Jabot came in to relieve Hunter Green. Um, and just three hits. I mean, Hunter Green did a fantastic job, and I think this is what we need to see going forward. It's interesting to me, and we were talking about this in our prep, his velocity actually was just a tick down. Mm -hmm. His spin rate on his different pitches was just a tick down. And we had mentioned that that was not the case for his first two starts back from the injured list. So I almost wonder that this was a concerted effort for him to be like, look, if I just dial it back a little bit, I'm going to be able to put this where I want. It's kind of like when, you know, when I'm on the golf course, I'm just like, I could wail on this thing. It's probably going to end up over there. But if I have a nice little easy swing, I could maybe put it in the fairway. It's usually not. It's like on the rough, just like right next to the fair. Anyway, the point is Hunter Green was able to make things work and it worked for the Reds in a win. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder, Jeff, if maybe there isn't a little element of Hunter Green read his own press coming off of that rehab assignment. I mean, he had to know that you and I and everyone listening and everyone within the organization were all looking to him to stabilize this rotation. Uh, he had to have heard the talk of, well, you know, it's not a big deal that the Reds didn't go and trade for a starter because Hunter Green is coming and he is going to save this season. He had to have heard all of that. And I was like, I got to be Jose Rijo yeah. and Trevor Bauer and Johnny Cueto all in one. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if that's not the mindset that he came with, because you're right. He he came back right out of the gate at maximum effort watching him pitch. He was he was bringing everything he had. And I think his command suffered a, a great deal for that. So you're absolutely right by by backing off of it a little bit. And, and remaining in control of his body and remaining in control of his pitches, he had a much greater result. He doesn't have to strike everyone out every time. Nope. And I think that's the difference between, you know, pitching and throwing and being a, a good pitcher versus a great pitcher. We see the Verlanders of the world that they, they sit back and they hold a little in reserve and suddenly they're in the seventh inning and suddenly you see Verlander hit 99 on the gun and you're like, where did that come from? He just saved a little bit of it. And I think that's part of Hunter Green's learning process. Process, and hopefully he's figured it out a little bit that if he can just be in command, he doesn't have to throw the ball 101 miles an hour every time he delivers a pitch. Yeah. And he had, he has a life on his fastball now that I think that it, it's going to be something to watch as it moves forward. It's almost got like a little bit of two seam type, like sinking action to it. I really love what his fastball is morphing into. And I think as he you know, ticks that velocity back just a little bit, not a ton, but just a little bit, he gets more movement on that pitch and it becomes more of a weapon than if he were throwing it at 105. Because I feel like major league hitters nowadays are conditioned to hit 105. If you can make your fastball move and if you can locate that moving fastball, you can be very dangerous. You know what else? Uh, speaking of pitches that move and dangerous pitches, you know, who else has impressed me? And I know that he didn't have the best outing. He, he got into a little bit of trouble and this game could have been completely different if not for an amazing diving play by Spencer steer, but Fernando Cruz is in infinitely intriguing to me. He is a guy that I can tell you right away. If he's commanding his split finger, watch out. Dude's going to just absolutely shove. But if he's not locating it, if he's not hitting the zone with it, if it's if it's 
outside or inside. He usually moves it up and down in the zone. If it's outside or inside, that's when the problems start because he's not going to be able to command his best pitch because he's been able to not only fool hitters by dropping it below the zone, but he tunnels it by throwing it up high. It breaks down into the strike zone and then he throws his fastball where it doesn't break down into the zone and it just completely confounds hitters. I've really liked what Fernando Cruz has put together this year. You know, he's another guy, Jeff, much like we talked about Spencer Steer being lost in the shuffle. You know, he's not the flashy guy. He's not the one that we're considering ace number one in the bullpen. You know, he's not our Alexis Diaz, but he's very quietly put together a really good season. Uh, overall, he's pitched he's pitched in his last 30 games, Jeff, 31 and two-thirds innings in those 30 games, 17 hits, eight earned runs. Here's the deal. He struck out 49 guys in those 30 games. Uh, now he's walked 14 and and that's not a t terrible ratio but we, you know we've talked about this you know the the Reds relief pitchers <laughs> haven't met a, a first inning hitter that they haven't loved to walk but well, you know I, I would like to see all of the relievers cut their walks a little bit but 49 Ks in 30 in 31 and two-thirds innings I will take that that's been very good he's been very consistent and I, I don't really have a problem when he comes out you're right when he when he is clearly on you know he's among the best in this bullpen there, there's somebody and, and whoever it is, you need to stop, but there's somebody in the clubhouse that's daring these guys. Like, I bet you don't pitch a clean inning. If you walk the leadoff hitter and they go out and they walk the leadoff hitter. I'm getting really tired of watching guys come out of the Reds bullpen and walk the leadoff. Hitter. I just, I groan now. I don't even get mad at it. I'm just like, Ugh, here we go again. And walk the leadoff guy. And I, Alexis Diaz is not even safe from this uh, criticism. However, Alexis Diaz has been fantastic this year. He walked the leadoff guy in this game, but was able to pitch around it. But dude got 35 saves. This is his 35th save of the season, Steve. I said, and, and, and much to the you know eyebrow raise of you, uh, I said he was going to save 40 games this year as a bold prediction. I thought it was bold. You thought it was bold. Duke could save 40 by the end of next week. Here's the deal, Jeff. Uh, you nailed this one because he's at 35 saves in 59 games right now. Uh, his numbers are fantastic. His ERA is eking down. He's now at 2.18. He's dangerously close to breaking two. Uh, you know, much like you're dangerously close to trying to break 100 in your golf game, he's trying to break two <laughs> with his ERA. Uh, that's 57 and two-thirds innings pitched. In those 57 and two-thirds innings, Jeff, 78 strikeouts, 28 walks, again, the walks are too many. They need Gotta he needs cut to cut down. those down. Here's why I wanted to talk about Alexis Diaz for a minute today because we're in we're in a, a zone now. 35 saves with a month to go. He needs just 10 more saves to become the Cincinnati Reds all-time single season saves leader. That would put him at 45, surpassing Jeff Brantley's 44. And, you know, he was, he was, uh, what, what was his ranking on the top prospect list? Whenever he came up last year, he was, um, <laughs> wasn't on it. That's one right. One on it. Um, he was the last guy to make the team. He was the last pitcher to make the team that his rookie season, like they weren't looking at him to be a closer. And, and here he is within 10 saves of becoming the single season saves leader. By the way, that 35, that leads the major leagues. Nobody in the major leagues has more saves. Than Alexis Diaz does. It, it, it was amazing to see. And, you know, I mean, Ian Jabot, he pitched a little bit in this game, looked rough, but was able to get out of a jam. Lucas Sims looked pretty solid there in the eighth inning. Overall, some good pitching. And look, you just need to be good. You don't need to be perfect. 
I think you're right. I think Hunter Green was believing his own press and thought he had to come out and, and, and be the second coming of Nolan Ryan or something like that. And you just need to be fine. Just be fine out on the mound because with these three pitchers firing on all cylinders, the Reds still have a legitimate shot at winning a wild card spot. Mm -hmm. yep, we said it, playoffs this season. And you know what? There's a few more options on the waiver wire. We mentioned the waiver wire yesterday. The Reds have a chance to get better today. And there's a few more uh, players who did not come from the crazy sell-off or cut-off. It's not even a sell-off. It's like a give up, getting, give up, give up, wave, up, wave off, wave off. Maybe. Yeah, give yeah, up. Wave yeah. Off, yeah. Whatever the Angels did, they, they got rid of a bunch of guys. There's a couple more guys that aren't coming from the Angels on the waiver wire who the Reds could look at. And we'll tell you who those are coming up next. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors, and that is FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season. It's only uh, it's, it's just a little over a week away now. We, we're, we're talking this is the last weekend without NFL football, and guess who came back to practice yesterday? QB1, baby. Joe Burrow. He's back, baby. I love it. And you can get in on all the action on America's number one sports book, FanDuel. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That's right. It said all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time. To join FanDuel, the app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. You can even check out some of the uh, baseball futures. That are, if you still think that the Reds can sneak past the Brewers in the division, the odds now are at plus 5,500 for the Reds to win the NL Central. So, you know, maybe throw a couple bucks on that, see, see what happens. Uh, so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Remember that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And you can also follow the podcast on all platforms on your favorite podcasting platform and including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, thank you so much for watching us here. Make sure you subscribe, click that bell to get notified. Uh, you can also join me on subtext. The link is down in the description. You can text I'm in to 513-594-0. Five nine seven zero nine four four. It's down in the description. I just forgot the own phone number on that one. But we've got a lot of great stuff there on subtext for you, including some uh, great Q and A opportunities and things like that. All right, Steve. We learned yesterday that the Angels are just cutting a bunch of players for other teams to have. We also found out that there are a few other players not from the Angels who could help the Reds. But what's key to all of this is a detail that we actually got wrong that we need to correct. 
Yeah, I was watching uh, MLB Network yesterday and they were going over the waiver rules and there's a lot of rules and a lot of things have changed and i think somewhere along the way the waiver rules were adjusted as well but what uh, according to uh, mlb network who you would hope knows uh when the waiver process takes place if the reds were to say get giolito uh if he would if he were to fall to the reds and they get him they don't drop to the end of the line for the next player. It's on a per player basis, uh, as was explained on MLB Network. So in theory, the Reds could get any of these guys that fall to them and they don't have to drop to the end of the line. Uh, this team could get dramatically better or at least dramatically reinforced very quickly sometime today, depending on the amount of waiver claims they put in. So when we say who is the guy that you want the Reds to get, what we really mean is who are the guys that you want right. the Reds to get? Because they could. They could get multiple players. And, again, all they have to do is just pay the previously agreed-upon salary for that player for this year. This isn't a case where they have to meet with agents and work out a contract and or, or, or meet with other general managers and work out a trade. It's literally just, do you want this guy? Yeah, okay. Well, then he's owed X amount. You have to pay X amount. And I've seen some comments. I saw some folks saying that, oh, the Reds don't want to pay more money. Nick Kroll told us at the trade deadline that he has flexibility. That's not flexibility as yeah, they, in. They didn't want to pay prospect capital. It was not right. about the contracts. They just didn't no. want to give up the talent. No, they, they didn't want to give up the talent. So now they have the ability to forego worrying about giving up talent and getting some of the players that they were probably looking at the trade deadline anyway. But all that being said, we talked a lot about the angels that were available. Lucas Giolito. We talked about Matt Moore. We talked about Hunter Renfro, guys like that. There are a couple of guys not from the angels that are very intriguing. And it starts with a guy that we've seen a couple of different times, whether he be with the uh, the uh, guardians or whether you be with the Padres and that is Mike Clevenger. I'm perfectly fine with putting in a claim on Clevenger as well. Look uh, with the news coming that Nick Lodolo is not going to be back this season. And given the concerns that we have with Andrew Abbott's arm, possibly just, stopping working here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you cannot have too much starting pitching. And if it's a choice between having Giolito and Clevenger versus having to add Lion Richardson and Levi Stout to a playoff rotation, <laughs> I would rather have Clevenger and Giolito. So I hope the Reds put in claims on both of these guys because uh, you can't have too much pitching. And if you end up with somebody that's been a starter all year as an extra guy in the bullpen in a playoff series, that's not a bad problem to have. Right. And I, I think that, you know, overall, Clevenger has been pretty decent this season. Everyone is going to immediately see his ERA at 3.32 and say, oh, my gosh, why didn't they claim him yesterday? But here's the thing. He's an interesting pitcher beyond that number. We always say ERA doesn't tell the whole story. He's got a walks plus hits per innings pitched, a whip of 1.23 in 97 and two thirds innings pitch. He doesn't strike out a lot of people. He's got a below league average strikeout rate, but he also does a good job of limiting the walks. It's right on par with league average. His thing, his, his, his calling card, as it were this season is that he limits hard contact pretty well. He kind of does the old Wade Miley thing where it's like, 
He's not going to strike out a ton of people. He's not going to walk a ton of people. And he's also not going to allow a lot of hard contact. So I, I think he is a perfect dude to, to slot there in like your fourth or your fifth spot of the starting mm-hmm. rotation and just say, go out and th- give me six or seven innings every time out. That's something that the Reds really haven't had outside of Graham Ashcraft. Yeah. And, and for him, I, I mean, it really, it boils down to me, you know, what are the alternatives? You know, I mentioned Richardson, I mentioned stout. Uh, we've got Kennedy that's had to start a few games for the reds. Yep. You know, you look at all of those guys, those, none of those guys are the guys I want to want to have to point at in a wild card series or, you know, hopefully beyond and say, okay, listen, hey, you gotta go. You gotta start today. I would, I would much rather have experienced MLB veteran, that you can put in that situation that has at least, you know, faced the pressure cooker before and, and Clevenger fills that bill. Uh, and it's not, let's not bog down on the, on the pitching aspect of this either, because we talked about uh, that the reds could definitely benefit from going out and adding uh, some other guys as well. And interestingly enough, the Yankees are uh, not quite fire sailing, surrendering like the angels but yet they are also putting some guys on waivers and we see the name harrison bader pop up yeah harrison bader we remember him mostly as a cardinal he was swapped for jordan montgomery at the deadline last season with the yankees uh but he could be an interesting option there in the outfield he he hasn't necessarily been the most consistent performer for the yankees in his tenure in the bronx but i mean again outfield depth i mean Hunter Renfro, Harrison Bader, these dudes could provide the Reds with some much needed outfield depth. And I think that, I mean, you're, you're talking about rosters expanding. You're talking about these guys would be eligible to be on the playoff roster. Should the Reds make the playoffs. And you're talking about easy 40 man roster moves in order to get them here. They're literally, I, I honestly, and I don't even think that the downside is, you know, the Castellini's having to worry about paying their contract. I don't see a downside to any of these guys other than you get them for free. The Reds have built, and and think about this too, like the Reds have built their bullpen the last two or three years off the waiver wire. Why couldn't you do the same with your starting rotation and the same with your outfield depth, but with proven guys, these are proven guys that their teams just want to see if someone else wants to pay. You know, again, we're in a wild card crunch. We're in a wild card push, a wild card battle. And for me, it's this with a game on the line and you've used all but the last men on your bench and you look down there. Do you want to point at Aleo Lopez and tell him to go win the game for you? Or do you want to point at Hunter Renfro or Harrison Bader and say, go try and get a hold of one? Which of those three guys, if you're going to the last man on your bench, do you want to be able to point at? Is it Aleo Lopez, who we love and we've said a lot of good things about, but he's not going to inspire fear in that relief pitcher on the mound if he's the guy you're pitch hitting with. Renfro has the ability to take you deep. Bader has the ability to take you deep. I would rather have one of those dudes on the end of a bench when I don't have to give up anything to get them. 100%. And if you're talking about a doubleheader, if you're talking about a long series that your starting pitching has kind of underperformed, your bullpen's tired, if you roll out a Mike Clevenger, if you roll out a Lucas Giolito, you're thinking you probably got at least six innings out of him. And that is why we want the Reds to claim some dudes. Hopefully we hear about that very, very soon. We'll be all over that here on Locked On Reds. And before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds.
Yeah, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Thanks for always making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up again on tomorrow's show. Jeff is going to get you all set for this pivotal, big September 1st series with the division rival Chicago Cubs with the wild card seating on the line. Can't wait to watch baseball this weekend. Uh, in the meantime, uh, continue to subscribe. Click the notification bell. Uh, we're going to have you covered. Jeff, what can they count on from me and you? And count on us to be all over the waivers and see who the Reds claim. Hopefully they claim somebody, at least a couple of people. Then count on us to be all over the injury reports and who's coming back. Hopefully Jake Fraley for this Cub series. And they can count on us to be locked on Reds every single day. Jeff, I forgot to tell you I put you on waivers and you were claimed by Locked On Athletics. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.